and pumped up going, yeah, 2014, this is, this is a new year, kind of it becomes an inspiration for them. Um, I, uh, I remember, and I won't name names, but I remember this time last year, um, someone mentioned to me um, with, with great enthusiasm and a big smile that uh, 2013, their motto was going to be living life as a holiday. Um, you know who you are. <laughs> and, um, and I asked the mid-year how they were going with that uh, motto. And uh, the, the smile wasn't quite as beaming mid-year as it was at the start of the year. Um, but I thought that was, that, was a, that was an awesome sort of uh, idea that they had. But whether you're into New Year's resolutions or um, you're kind of, uh, or you're not, um, whether you're worried or excited or, or chosen to be ignorant or otherwise, um, there's, there's a word I want to look at today that Jesus gave um, that's a, um, a very powerful word, um, but also a very challenging word um, that kind of goes beyond a New Year's resolution. Um, and, it's, and it's very foundational in following him. Try again. Have I got... Oh, there we go. He says in Matthew 6, 31 to 33, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I just want to unpack this, this little part in the middle there, and you might know it. I know it more as this is the New Living Translation. The more traditional one is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I'm not, there we go. Seek first to pursue, to hunger for, to search, to be proactive, to look for. This seeking first is not just, I've done my laundry, I've done the shopping, kingdom of God is third on the list, oh, I better put that first. It's not that sort of kind of ticking the box sort of seeking first. It's above all else. It's in all things. It's a priority. It's as a foundation to all things. Kids, do you know what that is? Great white shark. Well done. Now, there's some species of shark, including the great white shark, that if they stop swimming, they stop breathing. So the idea is their gills don't suck water in to collect oxygen. They have to be moving to collect oxygen. So if they stop swimming, it's like holding their breath. And seeking first is a little bit like that. It's... It's integral to everything. It, it's part of everything. It's part of moving. It's part of life. Our seeking first. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to get busier and jam more things into our day and go, go, go. Um, some people might need to wind it up a bit, but for a lot of people, seeking first can often be letting go. It can be the opposite, decluttering, slowing down, but with purpose. Because seeking first is proactive. Matthew 7 says, Keep on asking 
and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. But what is it we're seeking? The kingdom of God. Kingdom is, is, is broken down into two parts. King's dominion, where the king rules, where the king's in charge, where the authority of the king covers everything, where the king's will is honoured and fulfilled. And that's what we're seeking. Now, I've looked the Bible over and over in numerous translations, and as yet, I haven't yet found the kingdom of Matt. I'm still looking for the kingdom of Matt in there, but it's not there. Because the kingdom of God is humbling. And, and as much as I look, I'm not the boss. The Bible makes that pretty clear. I'm in charge of my thoughts and actions, but I'm taking instructions from my king, God and his Holy Spirit. And we might actually have a conflict here if I keep looking for the kingdom of Matt because they don't marry up. They don't gel. And, and this kingdom of God is something that I need to humble myself and say, as Jesus asked us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if it's his kingdom, then it's his instructions we're looking for, his will, his rule. What he wants to happen in our lives is what we're looking for. Romans 12 says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will to learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's part of his kingdom. We need to lay down our agenda and actively pursue his agenda. Jesus described his kingdom in a couple of Parables. He said the kingdom of heaven, which can be interchanged with the kingdom of God. They're often translated one way or the other. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovers hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. They didn't create the treasure, they didn't create the pearl. But when they discovered it, when they sought first, they did everything to get that treasure. His righteousness. We don't earn righteousness, it is his righteousness. And he graciously and freely gives it to us. We, declare righteous, we are declared righteous through Jesus Christ, but we also pursue righteousness through the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Matthew 5, and this is parts of it, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are, they, are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, 
We can seek first and we can acknowledge that God has a kingdom. But righteousness is about us, about our lives, about what God has um, declared us as righteous, but also what we're pursuing to live righteously, to hunger and thirst for righteousness. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Lord, Lord being declaring him as king. You can declare him as king. But only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter, who desire righteousness. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's law. If we're going to call him Lord, we need to honour him, his truth and his will. And this comes back to that tension between me and him, my will and his will. Does anyone remember this? Does anyone know the name of this character? This is Sid the Seagull. And back in 1980, I looked it up, 1984, I think it might have been that old. 85, was it? There was a campaign to slip, slop, slap. Can it, does anyone know what slip, slop, slap refers to? Yeah, slip on a shirt. Slap on a hat, that's right. Now, actually, when I was looking for a picture of this, there's two more now that I've seen. There is seek, shelter, a shade. And slide on sunglasses, as they've, they've added two more. But I know it as slip, slop, slap. And, uh, and I've decided to start my own campaign. Um, I'm going to have T-shirts with, uh, with Luke the Llama instead of Sid the Seagull. And it's look, listen, and live. Yeah? So, so my, uh, my slogan is look, listen, and live. Seek first the kingdom of God. Listen to his will and his authority and live out the righteousness that he calls us to live. Now, might be a new slogan, but it's not a new idea. We, we see look, listen and live in faith, hope and love in 1 Corinthians 13. We see it in, uh, in uh, Micah, which you, you see around the church, these words. It, it's a little jumbled up, but he has shown you something to look at. To act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It's not a new idea, um, but it is something that is a real challenge. To look, to listen and to live. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and he said, Good teacher, tell me how I can get into heaven. And Jesus replied, why do you call me good? Only God's good. But I'll answer your question. You know the Ten Commandments. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not lie. Honour your father and mother. And the guy said to him, I've done all these things since I was a teenager. What else do I have to do? And Jesus looked at him and with love and compassion, he said to this guy, 
go and sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, then you will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then come and follow me. And this guy left with his head held low and sad because he had a lot of possessions. And I look at this look, listen and live and I go, look is a great place to start. Listen is a really important part of the picture. But if I'm not prepared to live it, then the other two are hollow and I'm like that guy. I'm holding on to what I've got in this earth, what I'm worrying about, what I'm, what I'm desiring, what I'm seeking. And I'm not prepared to actually listen to the king. Now, I'm not saying you have to sell everything. That might not be what you're called to. But if you're going to look and you're going to listen, then the natural next step is to live it. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples after this, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not sure I've heard a few sermons on that passage and, um, and, and um, the, the camel going through the eye of the needle. Some have said, well, there was the main gate at Jerusalem and there was a little side gate for when the main gate was shut. And it was called the eye of the needle, so a camel would have to go down low and it would be hard to get through. And another, another story says that uh, camel is very close in Greek. If you change one letter, it might be a mistranslation. It's very similar to rope. So maybe, maybe it's a rope through a needle instead of a camel through the eye of a needle. But I don't think there's any confusion. It says what it says, and Jesus makes that very clear. When he says, Jesus looked them intently and said, oh, sorry, before that, the disciples said, who in the world can be saved? If that's the requirement, who in the world can be saved? I think they understood what he was saying. He wasn't talking any about any side gate in Jerusalem or mistranslations. They knew what he was saying. And he replied to them, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. And Peter began to speak up. We have given up everything to follow you, he said. Jesus replied, yes, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mother, children and property along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. So whether or not the change from 2013 to 2014, that little number flicking over, means something significant to you, there's a tough question that you may have heard me ask. It's one, one I use every now and again. But it's a tough question that I ask myself. And Tanya and I ask as a couple... And that is, everybody is kingdom building, but whose kingdom am I building? Am I building my own kingdom, creating status, wealth, enjoyment, security, image? I've got to work on that one. Am I building my family's kingdom? Am I building 
my boss's kingdom or empire or whatever you might want to call it? Or am I building the only kingdom that will last for eternity? The kingdom of God. What is it that I'm investing in? What is it that's important to me? What is it that I value? For what would I do whatever it takes not to lose? Or would I do whatever it takes to find? This is not a New Year's resolution or something to ponder on a Sunday morning. This is something that happens every day. Jesus talked at length about what we value, about what it means to follow him and be a disciple. And he says in Luke 9, he said to the crowd, If any of you want to be my followers, you must, return, must turn from your selfish ways, living for my kingdom. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So what is it that you hold on to? Maybe at the point that you need to, to look, to look, to see him, to find him. To be hungry for what God is, what God is about, for his kingdom. Maybe it's time to listen, to hear, hear what the Spirit's telling you. We've heard some awesome testimonies this morning of obedience. I love that. I love that people were looking and listening and living and are sharing that tes those testimonies this morning. It's, it's unreal. What is it that you worry about? What do I defend or hold on to tightly? And what do I invest my time and effort into? If you want to just close your eyes and just think for a second where you're at. Is it your home or garden? Is it your car? Is it worry about where the next bill is going to be paid? Is it friends or family or colleagues? School, work, hobbies, travel, or even rest? Or do you wrestle with yourself, your appearance, your safety, your pride, your honour, your respect, your independence? Because when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, he then continued it with, all these things will be added to you. The kingdom of God is something to desire. It's something that is the best way. It is life in abundance. And I know for myself, I wrestle with what I think is good versus what he thinks good. And I need to be reminded every day, to look, to listen, and to live for his kingdom. Lord God, we thank you so much that you are a good king. You are a king who has a kingdom that is eternal and a king that is just lavishes so much upon us. And Lord, we are sorry for the times that we haven't even looked. We haven't sought you. We haven't made you a priority. We're sorry for the times that we haven't listened to what you've told us. We've heard and we've just let it slide away. 
But Lord, we want to declare today and we want to declare each day that we wake that we not only want to look, we not only want to listen, but Lord, we want to live lives that are for your kingdom. We want to make that hard decision of letting go of our worries, letting go of our priorities, letting go of our desires, Lord, and saying, Lord, we serve you. We are your servants. Lord, we can't do that without you. We can't do that without your spirit. We can't do that in our own strength. We ask you, Lord, now to fill us with your spirit, empower us with everything that we need to live in your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you want to do...